0: back to a brand new episode of Esther Rising. I know it's been a month since my last podcast episode, and today I have a lot to talk about, so let's get straight into this episode. New Age has been around for many years, and it is a mixture of practices involving Eastern mysticism, occult, meditation, various self-improvement techniques, and it gains its appeal by emphasizing the importance of experience, spirituality, worship, and evolution of self. And on the surface, who would question its apparent values of love and light the further I got into the new age movement the farther I got from God whom I was desperately seeking I was constantly moving from one practice to another reading the latest book using tarot cards for guidance collecting crystals practicing meditation visualizations seeking the latest experience but none of these things sustained me New Agers often move from one technique to another, one guru to the next, because spiritual highs are predominantly short-lived and fail to permanently satisfy our curiosity and hunger for knowledge. And we live in an instant culture. We want all of the answers right now. But the meaning of life isn't expanding our perspectives, fulfilling human curiosity, or being in contact with the spirit world, but to fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, the well of living water that will never run dry. New Age trends extend from Millennials to Gen X down to Gen Z. And traditional religion is replaced with practices like tarot, astrology, crystals, and people are coming up with their own meaning making. I want to encourage you with this episode to stop following the trends, the hype of the masses, because the secular world is misled. The enemy will continue to try and confuse you. And a lot of people step into New Age ignorantly without knowledge of what they are getting involved in. And the absence of knowledge brings us into bondage. Ignorance is bondage. The devil resides in a place of ignorance because he occupies that position. And there is a war against your life and your soul. Souls are the greatest treasure in heaven. We, as children of God, are under the submission to the Holy Spirit. In practicing witchcraft and divination, you are in submission to Satan because he's the one that is accessing you. Divination is the attempt to gain insight into a question or a situation by way of occultic ritual, reading signs, omens, contacting supernatural agencies. The occult in the broadest sense is a category of supernatural beliefs and practices which fall outside the scope of religion and science, encompassing phenomena involving otherworldly agencies such as magic, sorcery, mysticism, and spells. And the term occult sciences was used in the 16th century Europe to refer to astrology, alchemy, and natural magic. I want to briefly touch on astrology because I still get asked by believers and non-believers, what is so bad about believing in your zodiac sign? It's harmless. In short, we are children of God. We are not a Leo or a Libra. Our identity is in Christ Jesus, not a zodiac sign. We can or tend to justify our behavior based on our zodiac signs as well. So taking no responsibility for our actions. I am a Scorpio. I am the way that I am. And we are practicing idolatry by giving the stars and planets the power to determine our destiny when God has already written our story before we were formed in our mother's womb. We replace conversation and relationship with God with seeking answers and guidance by reading our daily horoscopes on an app on our phone. And I want to share my experience with astral projection, which astral projection or astral travel or out-of-body experience, OBE, fall under the occult practices. In the New Age movement, it is talked about as being evidence of spiritual advancement. It is a paranormal concept. It is the process in which a person's astral body or spirit detaches itself from the physical body and then travels outside of it. It can occur... While sleeping, during an accident, medical or surgical procedure, or intentionally when one is in a trance or in meditation. Why did I start practicing astral travel? Being on earth started to feel like a burden when I was in new age. It was a combination of constantly feeling energetically drained and attacked, not having a clear sense of purpose, having my Akashic records read, and being told that I have to reincarnate. So many more times to clear some sort of, in quotations, karma. And that made me feel powerless and depressed. I was feeling limited to my physical body and everything going on in the world around me was also... There was so much happening during COVID and the lockdown. It all just felt like too much and I needed an escape. I would do it while I was sleeping or I would do it during meditation. Astral projection falls under spiritual sin the sin of idolatry, by exalting ourselves above the place of God and deciding we want sovereignty over when our spirit leaves our body. This practice is evidence that we do not belong to God's kingdom, but to Satan's. His domain of existence is the air kingdom, a higher invisible realm. In Ephesians 2.2, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Anyone in new age who has a lot of experience with astral projection is well aware that the astral plane can be occupied with all kinds of nasty entities, referring to them as trickster entities or negative astral entities, but they retain the same characteristics and behaviors that of demons in the Bible and are identified as demons specifically. When you separate your astral body from your physical body, you might draw the attention of spirits or entities who reside in the astral realm. And depending on who you speak to, these demons can look different. They shapeshift. These demonic entities can appear to you in a form that you already trust, like your partner, a family member, or a friend. Christians are to stay away from evil. In 2 Corinthians, Paul seems to have an out-of-body experience, but remember, there is a difference between God prompting something and voluntarily practicing things of the occult. There's a difference between being controlled by the Holy Spirit and being controlled by an ungodly spirit. And The astral plane is known to be a breeding ground for spiritual attack, and because of all the potential danger in the astral, we are told to visualize white light, around ourselves or use positive affirmations to protect ourselves. We're also told that we only attract negative things into our experience if we are fearful and that we only experience something negative if we create negative experiences for ourselves with our dominant thoughts and emotions. And this is simply BS. Envisioning white light or a protective bubble around you, crystals, smudge, evil eye bracelets, necklaces cannot and will not protect you from what you are willingly exposing yourself to. Your physical body remains completely vulnerable when your spirit is traveling. I read in an article someone's justification for their rebellion practicing OBEs and it is to gain knowledge of events about to take place in the physical realm to avoid them and obtain information about the spiritual world. This entirely comes from a need to control what we cannot and gain knowledge of things God hasn't intended for us else he would have already revealed him. And when we begin to explore spirituality outside the boundaries of God, we play ourselves into the hands of a demonic kingdom that is determined to lead us into deception and destruction. In an article written by a certified hypnotist and metaphysicist of 20 years with much experience in the astral plane, he attests, to the reality of possession after astral travel. His experience was interrupted by using the name of Jesus. If these astral beings aren't demons, why do they yield to the name of Jesus? The Bible says in Philippians 2, 9-11, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And I can attest to that. I've been plagued with sleep paralysis for years. And the physiological explanation is you are in an aware state during waking up or falling asleep. You can breathe, think, see, but are unable to move your body and unable to speak. Episodes generally last less than a couple of minutes but it can feel like forever. I used to disregard the unexplained physical weight I would feel on my chest pressing me into the bed. When I attempted to scream something would push on my throat and I would see dark figures standing at the end of my bed. No dream catcher or crystal under my pillow would prevent any of these events and what had been a huge sleep paralysis trigger for me in the past was intoxication. Going to bed drunk and thus leaving my vessel completely vulnerable to spiritual warfare. When I was transitioning out of New Age, sleep paralysis experiences increased. It was bad. I couldn't sleep. I could sense a dark presence in my room. And that's when I reached out to my pastors to come to church and receive the Holy Spirit. Sleep paralysis stopped being a reoccurring thing. I only have occasional episodes, and the only thing that immediately brings me out of sleep paralysis is repeating Jesus' name in spirit. The moment I do, everything breaks off. How could we possibly deny Jesus when his name has dominion over all there is in the natural and supernatural? We spend billions of dollars every year on fortune-telling, tarot cards, astrology, channeling, and other ineffective methods— ...that seem harmless, keeps people busy, it's like a hobby. It makes people content because it provides some semblance of spirituality. When my own Google research and New Age books were no longer enough... ...my curiosity drove me to visit psychics, astrologers, cart readers, intuitives... ...who were able to tap in and channel information about and for me from the spirit realm. The practice of inquiring of spirit guides or familiar spirits... ...and talking to the dead is divination and necromancy... It dates back to the ancient Babylon, Egypt, Greece, and Rome. Most modern channelers learn through the practice of Eastern meditation. An altered state of consciousness enables the channeler to psychically perceive spirit messages. Divination and necromancy are detestable to God. Micah five eleven twelve 12 says, I will tear down your walls, demolish your defenses, I will put an end to all witchcraft, and there will be no more fortune tellers. From multiple visits with intuitives and psychics, I was made aware that I myself could develop gifts too. I would sit in meditation, repeating mantras to open up my vessel to receive downloads, calling on my spirit guides for advice. Information would start to flow through me. I would journal at lightning speed random paragraphs. I started to do these channelings for some of my clients, calling on their spirit guides and dead relatives. Information would come through. And immediately after the session, I would forget every word i had just spoken. What I was unaware of then is that there's only two kinds of spirit beings. Heavenly angels that belong to the kingdom of heaven and fallen angels that belong to the kingdom of darkness. I wasn't testing the spirits. I was communicating with them. And like I said, demons can shapeshift and mask themselves as anything. Spirit guides, dead relatives... And I was paying attention to deceitful spirits and giving them access to my life through the practice of channeling. If you are currently practicing yourself, I urge you to turn away from these harmful things and turn to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I was so confused in New Age. There was no truth. And a word of warning, even if you are not channeling yourself, don't let psychics speak things into and over your life. You have no idea what spirit they are channeling. Messages can bring great deception and false hope. The information will shape your beliefs and therefore your behavior. In Leviticus 19.31, it says, do not turn to mediums who pretend to consult the dead or to spiritists who have spirits of divination. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. Spiritists and mediums were common among the pagan people of the Bible. God warned the children of Israel ...against becoming involved in these practices just prior to their entry into the promised land. In Deuteronomy 18, 9-12, chapters caption, Occult Practices and Spiritism Forbidden. When you enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable, repulsive practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire as a sacrifice one who uses divination and fortune-telling, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who casts a charm or spell, or a medium or a spiritist or a necromancer who seeks the dead. For everyone who does these things is utterly repulsive to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. I even went as far as paying for light language meditation online workshops led by Shaman Durek. Light language is advertised as a tool to clear and heal energy, to transmute the energy of black magic like curses, hexes, and spells. It is promoted as a language from God that we can access when we meditate or take loving actions, keeping us connected to source. Which sounds good and wholesome, right? But light language is a perfect example of how Satan operates, perverting and twisting what is of God. Light language is the counterfeit of the gift of tongues, or heavenly prayer language given to believers in Jesus Christ when we give our lives to him and receive the Holy Spirit. What has become more and more clear to me because of the pandemic and leaving New Age, and I think because it's Halloween today, is the importance of guarding what comes through our eye and ear gates. God tells us to guard what we hear, see, and what is in our hearts. It is about beholding Jesus. He is life and health to us, The more we hear and see Jesus, the healthier and stronger we become. Our mortal bodies become infused with his resurrection life and power. If we only feed on the news, social media, magazines, certain types of movies, and music, of course, we will feel weak and tired. There is no nourishment for us there. In my own experience, I would recommend to stay away from platforms like Gaia and even a podcast I loved in the past, which is Almost 30 Both are really empty vortexes that got me further into spiritual confusion. I sought out both for new ideas of how to expand my spiritual practice, but there is just an endless amount of false teachings and teachers and prophets. And in general, I've stopped watching horror, paranormal type of movies. The enemy likes to operate in the realm of fear and intimidation. Why would I want to invite fear into my home? All horror movies share the same theme. They all dwell on the dark side. They glorify Satan. We read in Ephesians 4 26 to 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. If you've ever found yourself not being able to fall asleep after watching a horror movie because all of a sudden you are terrified of something you weren't scared of before or notice how gory and grotesque Images of horror movies stick in your mind. You know that these negative emotions and ungodly images are not providing a healthy form of entertainment that is edifying or encouraging. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Are horror movies true, honorable, just? Pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, or worthy of praise? We are the light of the world. Horror movies depict darkness. Are we to be partakers of darkness? Not to mention there are countless tales from directors, actors, crew members of strange ongoings during horror movie filmings. That is not a coincidence. Something recent. A Disney-owned network just released a new kids' cartoon called Little Demon a show about a woman who mates with Satan and produces the Antichrist. Mother and daughter attempt to live an ordinary life, but Satan yearns for custody over his daughter's soul. The show is set in a spiritually demonic realm, introducing viewers to a world of demons, witches, and sorcery. How is this morally acceptable to expose children to such darkness in a comedic way in order to desensitize this younger generation? Our culture has become alarmingly dark and desensitized, and Disney has decided to embrace and market what is clearly evil. And as a new parent, it is our job to guard the hearts and minds of our kids. And there is a quote circulating from the actress who plays Laura, the mother, in the show, and it says, I love that we are normalizing paganism. Laura is a pagan, she's a witch, she's jacked. Excuse me? (laughs) What? Culturally, we need to stop chasing and lusting after spiritual power and start chasing after the heart of God. When it comes to guarding your eye and ear gates, I would like to point you to Proverbs chapter 4 for the Father's instructions. I originally wanted to drop this episode one week before Halloween to allow time for reflection and discernment and just a little bit of marinating. But my little baby girl made her entrance into this world last week and I guess... Now it's Halloween, and to emphasize, this is not coming from a place of condemnation. Everybody needs to do what they need to do, but I am hoping to shift your perspective through me sharing my personal choice of no longer celebrating Halloween. The origin of Halloween can be traced back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. Ancient pagans believed that the worlds of the living and the dead would have been thinly divided, and that Samhain, the god of death, scattered evil spirits during this time throughout the world to attack humans. In order to protect their families and livestock during the coming dark winter months, the Celts invoked the help of their gods with animal sacrifices. And to escape the attack, humans would assume disguises and make themselves look like evil spirits. Then the holiday took a different turn when Christians began celebrating All Souls Day, a time for Christians to commemorate and pray for the souls of believers who had died. In the Western Christian practice, the celebration began at the prayer service on the evening of October 31st and ended on November 2nd. During that time, the poor would visit the houses of wealthier families to receive little pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pray for the family's dead relatives. And eventually, these festivities evolved into people dressing up and singing songs in exchange for treats. This religious celebration is steeped in paganism and witchcraft. It's infused with various layers of idolatry. It's normalizing occult practices and symbolism. Packaged to seem innocent because it generates about $8 in sales every year. And it is the second largest commercial holiday in America. Even if you are not a Christian or you have not dabbled in New Age, why follow the masses and pump money into a commercial holiday that is all about spreading fear? Just ask yourself, if you are someone that has either thought or voiced to me that me sharing my personal New Age to Jesus testimony spreads fear, yet spends money on and supports a holiday that pumps fear into our culture. Isn't that hypocrisy? Sharing my experiences in New Age has also led to receiving multiple messages and questions about crystals and objects. So do I throw away all my crystals? Do I burn all my books? Objects like sage crystals, books, incense, pendants, pendulums, astrology journals, dream catchers, tarot cards, angel decks, statues, or other divination tools create a bridge from the natural world to the spiritual realm. These objects can become doorways and entry points for demonic influence, creating ties between principalities and your consciousness when used for or in rituals. When I left New Age, I threw away smudge sticks, burned card decks, And books about spiritism, aliens, reincarnation, Buddhism, human design to close these doorways for good. And initially I was hesitant because I had spent so much money on these things. But the thought of giving them to someone else, exposing them to basically my personal spiritual garbage, prevented me from selling them off. And the scripture I'm standing on when it comes to getting rid of accumulated new age things is in Acts 18-19. Where many of those who were now believers came making full confession and thoroughly exposed their former deceptive and evil practices, collecting their books and throwing them book after book on the pile, burned them in the sight of everybody. When it comes to crystals, they are examples of God's handiwork and part of his creation. And there is nothing wrong with having these beautiful mineral structures as part of your home decor or wearing them as jewelry. However, some... In the past me included, believe that crystals have powers that can be harnessed and used to our benefit. Crystals are being used as metaphysical healing tools to raise vibrations to put for protection, to ward off evil spirits and bad energy, to bring good luck, or to cleanse energy fields of the body. But there's no actual evidence that crystals have healing ability, nor do they absorb bad energy and need cleansing afterwards. They also don't need to be charged under a full moon, and placing them on yourself in meditation for chakra realignment does not do anything. The Bible does not say that crystals are beneficial for attracting wealth, rekindling romance, or warding off evil spirits. Neither does it say that crystals are needed to connect to God's spirit. On the contrary, the Bible warns against engaging in anything related to superstition, Using crystals for protection or healing is, at its root, an idolatrous practice. Placing one's trust and faith in something other than the only true God is worshipping the creation, not the creator. And trying to manipulate metaphysical energy is witchcraft. Only God can provide supernatural healing, physically and emotionally. If you find yourself in a place of brokenness and are in need of healing, the book of Psalms speaks of the greatness of our God and his faithfulness to us in times of trouble. Psalm 30. 2 reads, Lord my God, I call to you for your help and you healed me. Speaking of healing, and to touch on my Instagram post about smudging from a natural perspective, sage has health benefits. It is rich in anti inflammatory and antioxidant compounds. Drinking it as a tea would definitely benefit us, but its smoke does not possess powers to drive out negative energy or evil spirits. It does not cleanse our aura but we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Smudging is a cleansing ritual that has been used for thousands of years by indigenous people in North and South America and it has become popular in the mainstream for the purpose of spiritual purification. If you are a believer and still partaking in some new age practices and stand on the argument that incense is in the Bible, burning of incense biblically was in combination with prayer. It was not to be it was not to replace what God does. People have created rituals around smudging. I did too. I would walk in a circle with my smudge stick, going into every room, closet in my house, repeating and chanting mantras, smudging my body for the purpose of cleansing, sharing in religious practices that are not my own, unaware of the spiritual implications of using it. We have to understand this. There is no emptiness in the spiritual realm. If it's not by the Holy Spirit, it is from the enemy. We don't need pagan rituals to help us connect to God or experience spiritual growth. And the Bible makes it clear that God is the one that protects us from evil. Oh my god. Second Thessalonians. This one's so hard to say. 2nd Thessalonians 3:3. 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We cannot chase off Satan with some fragrant smoke. Sage will not save us. My new age journey peaked in 2020 and I wanted to start offering guided mushroom trips. So I was reaching out to psilocybin companies to try to partner with them and then God plugged me out of the darkness in September 2020. I made the decision to stop all of my new age practices to eliminate access points for the enemy in my life. I renounced my new age participation in the name of Jesus Christ and I asked for God's forgiveness and mercy so doors would be closed and I could move forward. I get it. New Age is appealing because really it is a habit-your-way religion. You fill your tray with whatever assortment of practices fits your appetite. Seeking higher consciousness through meditation, breathing exercises, yoga, diet, crystals, channeling, spirit guides, has the same purpose, to awaken the God in men. Practices are relief to be the solution to remembering the New Agers' own divinity. But no matter how uplifting or innocent some New Age practices appear... We need discernment in these areas. That goes for believers and non-believers. And as believers, we can simply not be one foot in and one foot out, declaring Jesus as our Lord and Savior whilst doing yoga and entertaining astrology. 1 Corinthians 10.21 says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. We're ought to be the light, not practice dark things. Our search for spiritual fulfillment and a transformed life will come to an end when we meet the power of the Holy Spirit. The best thing you could do for your spiritual development is forsake these practices. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you for your involvement with it and put your trust in him alone for your salvation because all of the longing you have for things beyond this world can only be satisfied by an intimate relationship with God and the eternal life he promises to those who repent and believe in his son. If you're transitioning out of New Age right now, these things were helpful for me. The word, read the Bible. Do not start with King James. (laughs) Uh, my My first Bible was a King James, and I quickly realized that in general, but also English being my second language, I did not understand one word. I really love the AMP or the NIV or the Passion Translation. It's easy to understand. You can download the Bible app, which gives you a verse of the day every day and you can have it as a widget on your phone home screen and then you can just click on it and then read the entire chapter find a church accountability is essential you can also set up coffee meetings with people from church to ask questions and to be continuously encouraged and supported. you can watch youtube testimonies i really love the delafay i hope i'm pronouncing that right testimonies channel I would also recommend Stephen Bancar's New Age to Jesus videos. Praying. Start having conversations with God. He is waiting to hear from you. Getting rooted in a church. Start serving if you can and want to. Because staying connected to the body of Christ is really important. I'm going to end this episode here. I hope you learned something. I hope it was thought-provoking. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Esther Rising. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you download, subscribe, and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it.